Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Today's episode, my guest is Nate Rifkin. And Nate is an incredible, I mean, this guy's journey is unreal. I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation. He went from sign spinner you know, these guys that you see in front of Papa John's and the Taco Bell and the mattress place on the street and in the shopping mall. And, you know, these places from completely dead broke, sign spinner, suicidal bankruptcy, right? Just hitting this incredible rock bottom to finding the power of meditation and leveraging that to grow a tremendous amount of wealth in his life and including doing something that most of us only dream about. And that's writing a number one bestselling book. When I had this conversation with Nate, it, so many parallels hit home to me in this way that it's really hard for me to describe because I've never dove into the conversation about the money trauma that I have growing up homeless, growing up in poverty, you know, watching bills never get paid, the water turned off, the electricity turned off, heat and gas turned off, and just always going through this. 
as a child and then in my teens and in my 20s, amassing a tremendous amount of debt, working paycheck to paycheck in a six-figure job and still being in debt and so on and so forth. And so this conversation was so interesting because he talks about, Nate talks about these parallels, which I think are incredibly important between your mindset, your meditation, your habits, and your wealth. And so this is this is one of my favorite episodes in a long time. I'm very excited for it. So without further ado, Nate Rifkin. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Super excited to be joined by my guest, Nate Rifkin. Nate is an author and an incredibly interesting human being who has found a way to step into creating massive change from failure. Nate, my friend, how are you today? What is going on in your world, my friend? Well, all kinds of stuff. I'm talking to you. So thank you for having me, Michael. I'm excited too. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure, my friend. For those of you who don't know or are not familiar with you, you, you have this experience of finding really effectively what we can call rock bottom, transforming that and putting yourself in a position where now you become a number one best-selling author. And you know, in your journey, I see so many parallels in mine. And so before we dive in and we get started, I'd love for you to take a few moments and, and talk about your journey and your experience of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, it'd be my honor. Um, so I I come from a really emotionally shut down, really cold family, a really distant household. Uh, and I was a really angry, depressed kid growing up. Um, as I got older, older and older, I got more and more depressed. Like I didn't really make any friends in school, uh, didn't care about my grades, and I could not get a date to save my life. I mean, prom night, I stayed home and watched TV. Um, so I got to college and I thought things would be different, but I, I was still the same awkward kid, even though I was around a whole new group of people. Um, so I started thinking more and more about like, why am I spending all this money to be in a place I don't want to be and where I'm miserable? So I actually dropped out. Three semesters dropped out. I said goodbye to nobody. Um, the only person who probably knew I was gone was my roommate because he probably walked back into a dorm and it was like empty or half empty. Um, so... I actually uh, dove into self-help and, and I want to be an entrepreneur. So I started studying all kinds of self-help. I started setting all kinds of goals, dove into mar studying marketing, business, advertising, uh, and create a, uh, an online startup. Uh, it was actually in the health niche. And I used my own credit cards to do all this, by the way. So 
I had some hit or miss success, but I started going deeper and deeper into credit card debt. Um, I mean, I, I would get a bill, credit card bill in the mail. And when I started maxing them out and I started having like less and less money in my bank account, I would just take the bills, put them on the floor and I'd drop another bill on top and then another letter on top to hide it all, which is a terrible financial strategy, by the way. It did not work. Um, and I started getting more and more scared because I started wondering, is the floor just going to drop out underneath me when all this debt just gets too much to handle? Um, that was bad. But what was even worse is I was just still that same depressed guy. And I was supposedly an adult. I was in my early 20s at this time. But I still I still felt like that same kid. Um, I didn't. I didn't know what to do. And, and at my worst, I'd have these looping, looping thoughts of, of just hating myself. Um, and I'd sometimes I'd end up on the floor in the fetal position, like silently crying to myself. And I, I felt so frustrated because all the goals I was setting, financial goals, relationship goals, I never achieved a single one. I even had a vision board that I made and I, you know, I glue stick the thing. And when on the rare occasion, someone would come over, I'd hide it because I was just so embarrassed about it. Well, not, I didn't get anything on that vision board to come true either. So I actually got so bitter and jaded and frustrated that something was missing from all this like self-help that I thought would work. I thought I really thought it would work. Um, but I got I got so jaded about it. I gave all that goal setting up and and I really gave up on myself and I started drinking alcohol every morning. So I, I, I pour like a couple of shots of vodka in a glass and top it off with like an energy drink. And that was my breakfast. Um, and that was my coping mechanism for how I, I, I was really like drowning out suicidal thoughts because there, there are times when when I was on the floor in the field position, I thought about killing myself. Um, so that was like my rock bottom. So it's, it's like you said, when you started here, you know, I. I found my way to it, and that and that was my rock bottom. Um, the upshot, though, was that I had a teacher in the business realm who was really passionate about the Taoist spiritual tradition. Now, I'd never been involved in spirituality, and I never, I had no idea really what Taoism was. I maybe heard of the word, but he started teaching some of the foundational meditations from Taoism and, and something about them caught my eyes. Like it's, it sounded kind of interesting. I learned about how these like Taoist meditations used by martial artists and was used by people who achieved like enlightenment. So something about it struck, struck me. So I, I made a promise to myself. It's like, okay, I'll start trying this whole Taoist meditation stuff and I'll, I'll do it every day. Um, and I, I decided I do a little meditation after I got up in the morning, like I'd brush my teeth, do my thing, do a little meditation. And I still went and I drank alcohol after that. So I didn't stop. Um, and, a, but a funny thing happened. I, I started with just a minute per day and I just started inching my way upward. I add five seconds per day and I do more and more and more. And I started actually getting kind of a cool buzz. Like I, I felt good from doing this meditation and the buzz I felt caught up with the buzz I got from alcohol. So I noticed this one day because I was feeling pretty good for meditating. And then when I went to take a swig of that vodka energy drink combo, I didn't feel any better from it. I just felt drunk. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I wonder what happens when this, if this trend continues. Well, within a day or two, I was feeling so good for meditating that when I took a drink of that alcohol in the morning, I felt a little bit worse. And I actually decided, um, 
I'm going to stop drinking alcohol in the morning. And it wasn't like willpower. It wasn't like, oh, I got to stop this. I just didn't want it anymore. And I mean, this is, and this is just what happened to me. It's my story. Um, I'm not saying it's like same results apply to everyone. Um, and it's not like I cut alcohol out of my life forever, but it was interesting to me how I start to feel better about, uh, about the way I thought about myself. Um, and I start to feel like more at peace and at home in my body. So as time went on, I started med- I kept meditating more and more. And there, I, I still remember one night. It was a, it was a spring night, and I, I was living in Boulder, Colorado at the time. And it was around midnight, and it's like the outside. I had the window open; the crickets were chirping, and I, I kept doing this meditation. And at this one time in particular, I felt like my body was like glowing like the sun. It, it was remarkable. I'd never experienced anything like it. And I sat down on my futon after, and I thought to myself, I'm going to dedicate my life to this because um, nothing else has worked like this, uh, like this Taoist path has for me. And that was about 13 years ago, give or take. Um, and now, now my mission is to tell others about it, uh, because this I found is the best way to start ridding yourself of the stuff you don't need so, so you can live a life that you truly love. Yeah, that, that's really powerful, man. That's quite the journey. You know, I feel so many parallels in that, in my own experience and looking back on my life and, and taking debt was everywhere around me when I was a child. And so the only thing I ever knew is like, I will never forget this. Like people would call the house and my mom would be like, never answer the phone because it was always a debt collector. So inherently I brought this money trauma into my life from her money trauma and though, you know, so on and so forth forever. And it was really funny because I started getting these bills in the mail and I would just put them underneath the other ones. I go, they'll forget about it. You know, they're, they're not going to remember me. I only owe, I only owe $8,000. Why would they care? Mm-hmm. And then slowly, but surely you see that actually turns into stepping into these other behaviors that are based on avoidance, right? And those behaviors, those really start to become habits, right? Because we yeah. look at it, it's about satiation. It's about removing yourself from the pain of the immediacy of having to make the difficult choice of picking up the phone and calling them and going, I don't have any money. Right. And yet we take these habits and we leverage them and then suddenly they become lifestyle. I know one of the things that you talk about that I think is really important and powerful where I'd love to go deeper here is about this idea about harnessing the power of your bad habits to more easily create good ones. Yeah, no, I, I love what you just shared. And and you, you brought up actually a memory in me. I remember my cell phone, like, I would just get terrified when that thing would ring because I knew someone on the other end looking for uh, looking for me to pay their debt or, or pay the debt I owe to them, whether it's a credit card company or whether they farmed it out to a private debt collection firm. It's like, oh, I, I still remember that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I've discovered how to create these these good habits from bad ones. And I discovered it accidentally because it was like I was mentioned earlier. I promised myself I would start this habit of meditating daily. So what did I do? I, I figured to myself, all right, I'll, I'll do it in the morning after I get up. No problem. And I, I was still drinking. So I figured to myself, okay, well, I'll do it before I drink. It's like, at least I'll do that. And I, I, I made no promise to myself to actually stop drinking. But what happened was I was choosing a time in my schedule, um, 
to slot in this new habit. And I, I like to mentally like picture it as like in, on a bookshelf, like you'll have two bookends so you can prop a book between them and, and slide it right in and won't topple over. I was doing that with habits. So I already had the habit of brushing my teeth. I already had the habit of drinking. So I fit something in between. And I, I didn't say to myself, okay, I'll, I'll meditate for like an hour or half an hour. No, I started with just 60 seconds because it wasn't about the time, um, um, like immediately doing it for like a long time. It was doing it daily because once I started doing it daily, it would get more ingrained into uh, my brain as something that I do. And once it became ingrained deep enough, it became part of my identity. So once it was part of my identity, like, oh yeah, yeah. And part of my morning routine, I meditate. That's just part of who I am now. Then I could lose the other bookends. I didn't necessarily need to do it right after brushing my teeth. And I no longer needed to do it before I drank. In fact, the energy of this new habit and the positive effects it was having on me, like psychologically, energetically, spiritually, it knocked out my bad habit. So, I, and I, I didn't know this would happen. It just all came about. It was almost like I was taking the life force of the bad habits and putting the energy into the good one. And once it was like, it was like growing a plant. Once it got strong enough and, and big enough, boom, I didn't, I didn't need that bad habit anymore. So that's, so today I use that all the time and I recommend that to anyone. If they want to instill a new habit, find out where you could slip it into the stream of your day. Because we all have things we don't want to, you know, do like scrolling on social media, we getting sucked into that drama or plopping down on the couch and watching Netflix. We all have these things. So I always recommend whatever your good habit is, put a little slice of it right before your bad habit. So now you can at least use your bad habits as a reward. Uh, and once you do that and you do for long enough for it to become part of your identity, you're unstoppable. Yeah. And you know, I think it's so fascinating about that as I, I measure this idea of, you know, this is such a habit conversation driven culture that we live in that I think the area people often miss the boat on is the repetitiveness of it. Right. Um, someone asked me recently, they said, what was my, they asked me, what was my definition of success? I said, unabashed repeatedness, like just being so repetitive, just so unabashedly like i'm just gonna do this every single day even though it's boring even though it sucks even though i don't want to because on a long enough timeline that's like where you really start to see the shift happen did you find that in the experience of like slotting in this good habit between these bookends that it was through just doing it again and again that it was most profound oh oh absolutely i i think my 20s was my decade of figuring out all the boring, unsexy stuff that would give me the exciting, sexy results, like in my 30s and 40s. Absolutely. Because no, it's it's not as exciting to maybe talk about. It, it doesn't get you jazzed up, but it's these like habits. It's like the positive version of, of like water torture, where it's like drip, drip, drip. But it's the positive version of that because it's drips that are working for you and building something wonderful. In fact, well, let's look at this way. We're talking about debt. What happens when you go down that downward spiral of debt? The interest starts eating away at you and it starts building up and building up until eventually you can barely afford the interest payments on your debt. That's a negative example of that slow accumulation of something happening day by day. Work That's a destructive version of that. 
but we can harness the positive version of that and have that slow drip, 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 doing the same thing every day, having a workout routine, having a, a mindfulness meditation routine, or having a routine for how we're going to consume our, our food that nourishes us, or something where we're studying or working toward a career or, or an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey we love. That same drip can actually become a tidal wave that actually works for us. I mean, that's the basis of investment. It's super boring. And then you have these people who just had average jobs and they retire millionaires. Boring, sexy result though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think in that, so much of it is, you know, looking at life through a positive spectrum. That's not to say that there's not negativity because I mean, for sure there is, especially in the age that we live and it's arguably the most negative time in the existence of human history, but there, there's always positivity and and the ability for me, and, and I, I know this conversation isn't necessarily about debt, but I, I want to parlay here and find find the equator. You know, one of the things that I think about in this is you are your own worst enemy. And, and debt is this weird thing that carries, I feel like, a different weight and shame of, with it than most other things. How was it that you went through this phase of, okay, I'm suicidal, I'm drinking in the mornings, I got this tremendous amount of debt, you're your own worst enemy effectively, and then leveraging and turning your mind into your ally? Because I hear so much of this, I don't know anyone, and, and Nate, you could be the first one, I don't know anyone who has ever created massive change in their life through negativity. So I'm really curious about how you turned your mind into your ally. Uh, that's a great question. Cause yeah. And that was something I struggled with, 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 um, self-help because it's like, well, I understand the idea of positive thinking, but there's so much stuff that's out there that's going wrong. And a lot of entrepreneurs I know, they're not afraid to dive into the negatives, you know, problem solving all that. So, okay. So let me tell you a story. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, um, I was, in my financial downward spiral, but I still trying to get some kind of an entrepreneurial venture going. So I, I, I had my online based business. I was buying some advertising and I was really, really hoping it'd work. And at this time I had to get a day job to support myself. And it was a job spinning signs on a street corner, by the way, started at like 10 bucks an hour. So I remember one day I had bought like I, I plunked down like $900 for an advertising campaign. And I was really, really hoping it would work. Um, I just wanted to make back as, as much money as I could. And I remember the ad was set to go out like on a Tuesday morning and I was driving to work. So I, a Tuesday morning, I packed my lunch and I'd get my car and I drive to work. I have no idea how the advertising campaign is going to go. I just know it's going to happen while I'm standing on that street corner. So <laughs> that was a long few hours. You know, I get there, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm, I've got my headphones in, I'm working my shift and I'm like, how's it going? How's it going? How's this campaign going? So finally, at like 6 p.m., I drive home. I go upstairs, open up my laptop, check the stats of the ads and the ads went out and I actually, I lost every penny, every penny. I didn't make a single sale. So I'm like, I'm crushed. I'm like, again, on the fetal position, on the floor again, I'm not even crying this time. Now I want to throw up. So I go to bed. And the next morning, I get up to go to work again. And that's when it really hits me. It's like, Nate, you're driving to this job to work it again, and you don't have any way out. You were pinning all your hopes and dreams on that ad campaign. What are you going to do now? So I'm driving to work, and I'm feeling awful. And then a voice pops in my head and goes, Nate, are you going to succeed eventually? I go, yeah. And a voice said, so this you could just see this as a bump in the road, right? 
Yeah. Not only is it just a bump in the road, you can look back on this. And when you finally do get your business together, get your life together, get out of debt, you could tell the story as like an inspiring story of how you were facing all this adversity and you you still managed to succeed. I said, yeah. And the voice said, so why not just feel okay right now? If, if you really believe this, why not just feel good about yourself right now? You don't have to love where you're at totally, but just feel good about yourself and where you're headed. So by the time I pulled into the parking lot, um, I was feeling way, way better. So the reason I tell the story is because when it comes to positivity, I, I always like to be specific. I'm very, very positive about myself and my trajectory and my ability to succeed and that I deserve to get there. Now, negative stuff may be happening, and maybe it's a good idea to be skeptical of what I'm doing. Like if there's a, like, let's say if you start a new fitness routine, you could be skeptical about the kind of exercises you do and make sure that they mesh with your body type, your metabolism, where you're at in life, test it out, but always be positive that you are eventually going to figure it out and succeed. See, most people are the opposite. And that's why they don't succeed. They get really, really positive and in love with whatever technique they just bought or learned, but they still have that negative self-image. They need to flip that around. Be positive about who you are turning into. Be positive about your transformation. But you can be negative and skeptical about the specifics that you test out that are outside of yourself. So that that's how I kind of keep that balance of a realistic mindset about testing what I'm going through, but positive mindset about inwardly who I am. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that there is such, uh, I, I don't want people to miss out on something that you said that I think is incredibly important. You said, eventually, will I be successful eventually? And the thought was, yes, patience is everything in this game of life, right? And and I think we often get focused on right now, like what can I do today to change my life forever? And I'm like, well, do you understand the impact you could actually have 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 35 years from now? You know, I measure the goals that I write down every single day. They're, they're 37 years away. I'm not even remotely close to hitting the things that I want to do, but I'm always putting things into forward motion right now while trying to operate through my value system and, and honestly, Nate, not negotiate with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when you're in this position of man, I'm at rock bottom, I'm at debt, I'm spinning signs. Like everyone has seen, dude, I think it would be dismissive not to talk about this. Everyone who's ever driven down the street has seen the person spinning signs and be like, how the fuck did you get there? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that, within that context and looking at that, and that's not a judgment thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I've, I've had menial jobs. I've worked laborious jobs, warehouse jobs. I've been a server. I've been a cook. I've been, you know, a manager at fast food restaurants. I've been a, a ditch digger. I've put roofing on houses. I've done, so I've done all of it. Right. And I think that the thing people miss out on is sometimes we're just trying to figure it out. And that's the thing that fits us in the moment, having that moment of driving to work, thinking about your future, being willing to acknowledge, which I think is a very important word here, that eventually you'll be mm. successful. There's also a catalyst here. And I think that catalyst is action. And I think that action and why it's so important, it's measured against somewhere in this, your capacity of self-belief. So to create 
context here because I really want people to hear this. How the hell do you go from sign spinner to number one best-selling author? Because I assure you, from the outsider looking in perspective, I go, it's not impossible, but damn, that's got to be hard. It, it was hard. And I'm glad you mentioned patience because it, it took a while. It took a while. But let, let me take you through the steps. Step one was that I had a daily discipline to work on my inner self, my inner worth. And it, for me, it was meditation. Um and the key is to find something that resonates with you and brings you that result where you you start to have that self-belief um, and, you, and you have something that you can turn to, to build that resiliency and, and that feeling of self-worth when you when you are, you know, curled up on the floor like I was. Um, so it starts with that inner practice and making that a daily self-care habit. Now, step two is um, because I was able to have that inner worth, um, I was able to start mentally sort of rising above um, pure survival mode and that pure like day to day. Let me just limp along with my like coping mechanisms um, and actually start rebuilding my financial life. So I actually went bankrupt. Um, I, I filed for bankruptcy and I went through that whole process. And instead of feeling ashamed, I treated that as a as a like a, it was like a financial baptism. I was starting over. So when I started over, I made a similar commitment to when I started with 60 seconds of meditation, I decided, okay, I'm going to start saving money, like for real. And I don't care how small an amount it is. I'm going to start saving money because if I want to get wealthy, well, then I have to build wealth. Well, what is the very definition of, of wealth? It's It's having more abundance financially. So I started saving $30 a week and I put into, I, I went to the bank and I made a special savings account. And, and then online, I, every time I got paid, I had a weekly uh, paycheck. I would take $30, put it into the savings account. And I also gave away $30 to charity. Um, and I calculated everything so that I was able to financially do this. I moved into the cheapest condo I could find and um, I cut out all extraneous expenses so all I did was spend money on food, rent, gasoline, car insurance to get to and from work. And that, that was like it. Oh, uh, internet too. My internet bill. Uh, we'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. I was probably living the closest to the razor edge I'd ever been. And I was putting away $30 a week and I was also sleeping the happiest I'd ever slept. And I felt the safest I'd ever felt because I was finally building wealth. By the way, another thing I did 
when I found pennies and nickels and dimes on, on the street corner, I, I brought them home and put them on my mantelpiece. And I, every time when I went out the door, I'd look at them and say, I'm building wealth. I literally am. So I was rewiring my psychology because finally I wasn't saying, oh, no, 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 uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going into debt because eventually I'm going to get rich. No. Instead, I said to myself, truthfully, I am building wealth right now. And I was. So it's, it started rewiring my confidence and start, it started rewiring my vibe when I was talking to potential business partners or any negotiation or entered anything I did in the business realm. I was coming at it from a position of a guy who was getting wealthier and wealthier. Okay, so there was that. And then as I had my day job going, when I got home from being a science spinner, I was still doing the best I could to network. Um, I, I was doing the best I could to still meet mentors who could help me out. Um, and I'll fast forward through a lot of a lot of that because essentially it was a couple of years of meeting people locally and working with mentors and building real relationships with them. And then what happened eventually is that um, after the sign spinning gig ended and I actually I was loading trucks for a living, uh, I remember one of my mentors, he introduced me to a company. Um, that was looking for people to help them with marketing and, and and writing advertising copy. And for years, I had all these entrepreneurial failures. But throughout the whole time, I was building skill sets that were actually valuable to this company. And it was I, I, and I, I realized something. And I it took me years to get even through all my failure. As long as I was building up healthy skill sets, I was turning into a person that could create value for another person. So uh, eventually, uh, a mentor actually introduced me to a company, and I, I drove across the country because um, uh, I was still I was still in Colorado at the time. So I drove across the country to start working for him on the East Coast. Um, packed up all my stuff in my car, gave away everything I couldn't pack into my car, left my condo, um, and started a new life. And I was willing to make that massive transition because I realized um, it, it would be a scary change. And it was totally not what I was predicting my life would turn out to be, but it was it was so, so worthwhile. And that was about seven years ago. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. And, you know, I think that there's so many pieces we can take from that, not only belief, but holding yourself to your commitments. I mean, I, I want people to really hear that because when you hold yourself to your commitments, and you stop negotiating with yourself, which I'm sure like everyone, we've done that a bazillion times. It puts you in this place where you start to be accountable, where you're like, I said, I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do it. One of the things that I'm curious about in this journey, and for me, meditation has played such a huge role in my life in a practical way that I can't even really describe. But, you know, I found that and you may agree with this. There's an energy shift and, and I'm going to lead us down a path here because I want to talk about the interaction between meditation and wealth. But. First off, I want to talk about this idea about how Dallas meditation transforms your energy, because I believe where you put your energy, your attention follows and vice versa. Yeah. And it, it, it was interesting because um, when I first started, I didn't I didn't really know anything about this. I just started a practice and I knew it worked. So what happened um after years and years of practices, I started I started diving deeper into like, well, what what's what's really going on here? And I started learning there's some interesting science by meditation. And I, I mean, going deeper than just, I mean, there's thousands of studies showing it increases your well-being and all that. But I'm like, is there more to it? So what I found out is that um, 
the Taoists mapped out um, channels of energy in our body called and called them meridians. Now, if if you've ever heard of acupuncture, gotten like an acupuncture treatment where they stick needles in your body, that was a practitioner working on the meridians in your body. So when I started learning about this, I'm like, well, I don't know. That sounds kind of woo. Is that is that like you know something that someone came up with a few thousand years before modern day anatomy and physiology? I didn't know. Well, as it turns out today, what we're finding out is we have tissue in our body called fascia tissue. Uh, and previously scientists figured, well, it's just this inert tissue that kind of holds your organs in place. It's almost like saran wrap, you know, around, within your uh, body. Well, as it turns out, this fascia tissue has channels running through it. And these channels align with the maps of uh, meridians that the ancient Taoists uh, figured out. And not only that, fascia tissue is capable of generating and transmitting something called piezoelectric energy. So piezoelectric energy, it's, it, it also runs through a, a collagen in our bones, by the way. It's this energy that um, sometimes some scientists are figuring out actually governs the way our stem cells behave. And our stem cells, well, that's how our bodies are created in the first place. So, and this is all pretty preliminary. And if you go any deeper in it, it gets over my head because I'm not, I'm not a, a biologist. But what I'm realizing is that when we meditate and we really dive deep into it, what's, what the Taoist discovered is that it increases the flow of energy in our meridians. And as a result, it can start to work through the trauma that's been buried into our tissues. And when we work through this trauma, and this is happening all below our conscious awareness, we start to get over the self-sabotage that has tripped us up our whole lives. It, it's, it's another valuable tool that we can work that works with our psychological tools, that works with our habit building and our willpower to get away from the influence that um that our, our traumatic experiences had in our childhood. Like if we if we grew up in a household that um was riddled with debt and we took that on in our bodies meditating it's it's like we're a self-cleaning oven we can finally rid ourselves of that so that's what was going on for me when i was meditating every day and i i had no idea why all i knew is i started to feel better about myself i started to be able to finally turn myself around in terms of my habits and it, it was like it's like i love to say turning my mind from an enemy into an ally. So the, 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 the energy and the psych, the psychological and dare I say even the spiritual, I think they're all intertwined. Um, and when someone is not uh, engaging in a meditative practice, I think it's, it's, it's missing. Um, it's like a building missing part of his foundation. So that's, that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this sort of thing. Yeah, that, that's such an interesting thought that uh, it's like a building missing its foundation. That actually, yeah. that really strikes me because I think about the fact that I meditate every single day. And before I did, life was very different. Like I'm like in real time, this is a thought happening where I, I sit and I reflect, I go back to my life 9, 10, 11 years ago, definitely prior and stepping in like moving meditations like yoga and things of that nature before having those moments as those experiences, man, life was so chaotic. 
because there's something so powerful in the introspection of looking at and making meaning and assessing your life in a way in which, to be frank, you find yourself in this just really tremendous arena of not only vulnerability, but I mean, for lack of a better term, you look at your life and you go, oh, I got some shit I got to work on. But when you're distracting yourself all day, all the time, you can't get there. And 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 again, this is real time for me. I think about everything prior to meditation and everything after meditation. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent. I've talked about it on the show multiple times. I, I think it's everything. Um, and, and I also think there's a tremendous amount of healing that's involved in it. To your point, and I'd like you to go a little bit deeper there about looking at this healing way to look at trauma and, and what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, it, and it was, it kind of alludes to what I was mentioning earlier. Everyone on this planet, when we're born in, we're, when we're born into this earth, um, we're going to get hit with traumatic experiences. We're going to get with, sho with shocking experiences. And it's not like we get a user manual for how to process this kind of stuff when we're born. So a lot of it is, is going to end up, um, it's almost like it gets congealed within our, our, our physiology. Um, and we can see this. In fact, if I mean, you can walk down the street or even observe someone on a, a Zoom meeting and um, they might have their shoulders like really tightened because they've got a defensive posture because that's their body's way of defending themselves against something that might have hit them um, 20, 30 years ago. And they're, they're they haven't really processed it. So they're still at the ready. So again, this is how meditation can come into it because it, it will work beneath our conscious awareness to start to resolve all that pain so that we can finally relax. And this is why oftentimes when we meditate, feelings come up that are anything but peaceful and we'll feel anything but calm. And we might, or, or even actual memories where it's just like, oh, I haven't thought about that in 30 years. What is going on? This is actually a good thing because it's it's that self-cleaning oven finally, finally working and, and we're finally busting through that trauma and we can finally rid ourselves of it. And and not only um, and one, one other thing is that we rid ourselves of it in layers. So there's also nothing wrong with with uh, something coming up for like the umpteenth time where like I thought I processed through that. You, you process through a layer. So you qualify to go for the deeper layer. So it's actually it's, it's actually a good thing. You're not stuck. You're just going deeper. Um, and, you know, in preparation for our conversation, there's one thing I kept on thinking about. And I was like, should I say it or not? So I'm just going to go there. Um, in the Taoist spiritual tradition, a lot of other ones, they talk about how when we are born and we go through a lot of traumatic experiences, um, what that is, is that our eternal soul, this is according, this is just what I've learned, not necessarily, not necessarily saying everyone has to ascribe to this, but our eternal soul, before we came into this life, looked at what would happen and went, I'm ready for that. I can go through that because I'm strong enough to do so. And then I can learn from it and turn around and help others. So that's why I really love the the unbroken concept of your show because it's 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 about how if if we've gone through some really horrible stuff it's because our soul knew we could handle it it's not it, it's not a bad reflection on reflection on us it's a good one it's because somewhere deep inside we're like no 
I got this. I got that. This time around and this go in this life, I got that. I have what it takes to grow stronger from it. We're never going to get hit with anything in life that we cannot handle. It may be awful, but somehow we knew that we could handle it. So I want to, I want to put that in there too. Yeah, that's that's an interesting concept to me. You know, for a long time I would I would look at my experience and go, you know what? This is nonsense. I can't believe I have to deal with this. This is unbelievable. You know, and and you add on all the all the negative connotations that you could to to having such a traumatic background. And then when I started to be of service, I started looking at it from a different perspective. And and it's in alignment with what you just said and it's very much okay what can I do with this? You know, it's the old adage, life is working for you, not against you. And I would blame the world and I would carry the shame and the guilt of the experiences. And I would let that be the precursor and the catalyst for all the activity in my life. And then I thought to myself one day, well, what if I didn't? Hmm. What if I didn't? And became this really profound shift. And I hear that so much in your journey too. What if you didn't spend signs on the street? What if you didn't waste your money? What if you didn't go into debt and start to transform to be of service? And I think that's so practical and so powerful. One of the things and in, in, in leading up to the question I wanted to ask earlier, you know, I think about this idea about building wealth. What you know, especially and, and I think I want to parlay it with this building wealth after bankruptcy which people would hear that and go, well, I don't even understand that. That's insane. You filed bankruptcy. Your life must be over. You're, you're the scum of the earth, you know, and you start hearing all that because of the alignment with it. What, what is it? What is the intermingling between all of these concepts of the experiences of your life that have helped you put yourself in a position to build wealth? And then how does someone take that information and apply it to their life and their experience? Uh, that's a great question. You know, one of the benefits of going through uh, so many challenges like that um, is that I allowed it to mold who I was. I, I liked I like the metaphor of um, gold being refined. Like when when um, gold is um, unearthed from the ground and then put through the refining process, so the the pure gold comes through and all the other minerals are, are burned away. They are literally burned away. It's not a pleasant process. It, it, the gold has to go through fire. So when I went through my journey of my, you know, my startup and 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 maxing out my credit cards and going debt and going and going into debt and and going so far that I actually went bankrupt, um, all those experiences were shaping my perception and shaping my financial acumen and. I guess I needed to go through the go through the painful way, but I came out the other end a lot more savvy. Because um, before, I'll be honest, I was pretty arrogant beforehand. Like I was twenty something years old, and I thought I knew exactly what it took to become wealthy, and I was going to go out there and do it. Um, I needed to be humbled. Now, I did at the same time, though I did not allow those humbling experiences to. Uh, demoralize me. It's like we talked about earlier. Um, eventually, right? That that key phrase. Eventually, I'll succeed, and I will do the boring stuff over and over again. But at the same time, I'm going to do it with a much more humble, clear mindset. Because when you're humble, it it expands your perception. Um, it, it it allows you to take off the the rose colored glasses, not only about the world, but about you know your own self and about what what are what are my real strengths and weaknesses. So 
I, I think humbleness and a clear perception go hand in hand, and both of them are absolutely required to become uh, wealthy because the money, it it's uh, it's very objective, you know. If you, if you work with money in the correct way, you can amass more of it. If you don't, you'll amass less of it. And it doesn't care what your feelings are on the subject. Um, so I, I think anyone can can look at their own past experiences and make that shift, you know, similar to the shift you made where instead of feeling bad about it, shift to what was the lesson in that? And yeah, it was a painful lesson, but what was the lesson in that? Because once you do, and once you start developing that emotional maturity and that emotional resilience, you can start to use that and you can start to think, okay, what is the lesson I took from that? How can I apply that in, in the future? And that way I don't have to go through that pain again. Because I, I think I, I think everyone goes through painful experiences, but if we're able to extract a lesson, we only have to go through them once. Now it might set us up, you know, there might, there's plenty of lessons to go through, but when people go through the same experience over and over again, it's, it is the world hitting you on the head, trying to shout in your saying, there's a lesson here. And once we go through it once, we don't have to go through it again. And once we go through enough, enough of them, that's how we can start building wealth. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think about this idea that, you know, at, the first time you learn something, you were meant to learn it. The second time you learn it, you weren't paying attention. But the third time you're making choices. <laughs> That's you know what good. I'm saying? I love, and, I love that. And, you know, when you eventually come to this place where you look at your life and, you know, and, and this is a hard truth and it's one that makes people uncomfortable. And I know it's one that people don't want to hear. But at some point you're making a choice to be self-destructive. Right. And, and that's how I found myself, especially in this context of debt. And my, my early twenties, I was making a six figure salary working paycheck to paycheck, like an in tremendous amount of debt. Now, obviously there was unresolved money trauma there. There were trauma in general that needed to be healed, but you know, looking now and having the information that I do, it's like, now I don't repeat those behaviors because if I did, that would be choice based. One of the things that I'm really curious about what do you think if someone is in this position? Cause I know like that is such a huge part of the, the human experience and people are like, yeah, I get it. You're talking about meditating. Everybody's talking about meditating, blah, 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 blah. And, and they're just jaded by this whole thing. Cause to be honest, you know, you have this conversation with me 15 years ago. I'm like, whatever, Nate. And so what I'm curious about is what's one practical thing, like, like an actual realistic, practical, practical thing that's applicable to let's call it the majority of people who are going to listen to this, that they can adapt into their life immediately, like right now today to start heading into building wealth in their life. Well, that's a great question. Um, first, we, we can learn from um, what I accidentally discovered, which is right after I got up in the morning, brushed my teeth, I did that 60 seconds of meditation. Um, here's how, now, I, now, trust me, I've, I've, I've been through the rodeo of meditation before, and I, I was like, geez, after I'd go through 15 minutes of it, I'd be like, I want my 15 minutes back. I don't know. I just feel kind of hazy. So here's here's how to go about it. If you want to really get some solid benefits from meditating and, and really start getting them quickly, take your left hand, place it on your belly, your right hand, place it on your chest, and you start breathing. Now, as you breathe, make sure your left hand that's on your belly rises and falls with your breath and your uh, hand on your chest, make sure it stays more still. 
because that way you're getting real-time feedback for breathing deep into your belly. So what this does is you're fully extending, you're fully in um, and enlarging your lungs. What what's what's the word? Inflating. There we go. All right, live TV, everyone. So you're fully inflating your lungs down. Now, what does this do? Number one, you're engaging your diaphragm. So you're you're signaling to your central nervous system to calm down. And by the way, when you're more calm, you're gonna you're gonna be more creative. Not only that, but you're you're supplying your body with more oxygen. Not only that, you're giving your internal organs a massage. So remember when we talked about meridians earlier, those channels of energy, they course and, and spiral their way through your organs. So when you breathe deeply, you're actually massa you're massaging those organs and you're ridding them of some of the the hidden stuck traumatic energy that's still been stored in them. So what are we doing? We're breathing deeply, but we're actually about to turn it into a meditative experience because when you breathe deeply on this, you take your mindset and you place it and you place your attention on your belly and you, you feel for the sensations of the warmth in your belly. And you ask yourself, I wonder if I can feel that even more. I wonder how good it can feel to focus on my belly. So you're turning your mind from analytical to actually um, uh, receiving sensory information. What happens when you do this is eventually, as you keep breathing deeply, your thoughts will get quieter and quieter, and you'll slip into that meditative state. So instead of trying to meditate and like battling thoughts and like getting more worked up and frustrated, you're doing a deep breathing exercises that you turn into a meditative experience. And all I want you to do is just 60 seconds, because once you start establishing the habit, you can add more time. And once you start adding more time, you are starting every day with more optimized hormones so that your, your brain chemistry is changed. You're starting your day by ridding yourself of more of that traumatic energy and digging deeper and working through all the, that self-sabotaging behavior, all beneath your conscious awareness. Then everything else you do throughout your day, Every interaction with another person, every decision you make is going to be colored by that deep breathing experience you had in the morning. And I get it. I know if people are just like, oh, you're going to tell me to just do some deep breathing. It's like I've been there. I, you know, da, 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 I'm in all this debt. I was there. I was suicidal. This is not weak sauce stuff. It's as powerful and as sacred as you want it to be. And as you make it with your belief and your faith that you can make it work for you. So oh, here, here, okay. There's a quote by Bruce Lee. I fear not the martial artist who practices 10,000 moves one time. I fear the martial artist who practices one move 10,000 times. So take an exercise like this and make it your one martial arts move and you figure out how to take it as deep as you can. And that's how you're going to get the magic out of it. And as far as money goes, it's going to have a ripple effect on your wealth as well. That's, that's, there's no way around it. It's unstoppable. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you, my friend, Nate, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, the best way is the website, um, thestandingmeditation.com. Uh, it's the name of my book. In fact, right now, that that website goes straight to the page on Amazon where they can pick it up. And I, I wrote that book. The idea, it's like, all right, let's just start square one, open up on page one, and I take you through my entire journey, 
all the hard lessons I learned and, and everything I figured out as a result that you can apply to your own life. Powerful, my friend. My last question for you is, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? It means that I'm remembering that I am that eternal soul. I'm not just this tissue. I'm not just a collection of all my old memories and all the stuff I went through. And I'm not my mistakes. I am that eternal soul that gets to watch it all and gets to be on this earth and live this life and, and turn around and help others. Um, that That's what unbroken means to me. Amazing. Well said, my friend, and I'm right there with you. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, leave a review, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.